Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. I'm a big fan of myself. I have no problem slapping myself in the back. Uh, and today we are continuing our series um, called On Earth. And when Jesus teaches uh, us how to pray, no? Oh, you're not? Okay. <laughs> you're like, no, we're not talking about prayer, but we are. And uh, when Jesus te- says, uh, disciples are like, hey, how do we do this prayer thing? Jesus uh, um, um, walks through the Lord's Prayer, and in the middle of it says, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is somehow implying that praying should not just be like, uh, thoughts and prayers. Or I guess it would be like thoughts and more thoughts, right, if we're talking about prayer. Uh, it's not just supposed to be this, this intellectual thing. It's not just supposed to be this thing we just do by our, like in ourselves. It's like whatever heaven is, whatever the future is, Jesus is saying, hey, like, like do that, be that, like now. Like this is really important. So we should know what heaven is and how we know what this kingdom of God is, uh, Jesus does a bunch of um, stuff, like the works of Jesus, and then there's the words of the Christ, and he does that primarily through these things called parables and stories, and if you've not had the distinct privilege of hearing the introduction to this message, like uh, a couple weeks back, it gives more context of what we're doing, but I'll give you like the 25 cent version. We like to think in very binary um, terms and worlds, right? There's like good, and if there's good, then there's bad, and there's evil, and there's holy, and the one I love is like, well, then there's tall and there's short, but when does, when are, when do you begin being tall, and when do you stop being tall, right? That's going to be based on your experience, your, um, of what your parents taught you what tall is, of your friends, if you play sports, if you don't play sports, so there's going to be all these moving things that are going to inform of what you believe tall to be, but really there's not tall and short, there's just you, and we like, and we like to think of when it comes to spirituality, there's this really easy, fixed systems. And it's not actually. We can learn so much from our trans friends because God is like the fullness of the, the human experience. And to be trans means that there is this, this fluid fluidity. There's this moving. There's this fully discovering. And we can learn a lot from that. And Jesus is inviting us to... Um, begin to rethink how we view reality, of how we view wisdom, of how we view what it means to be human. And today, I am going to be talking about your favorite parable, the Good Samaritan. Because when you hear the word Good Samaritan, uh, at least I do, I just feel, I'm like, I'm one of those. <laughs> I automatically put myself on the team Good Samaritan instead of Bad Samaritan, because I feel better about myself I feel like I'm Good Samaritan. And it like evokes some like feelings of like, yeah, we're all pretty good people. And the Good Samaritan has inspired like laws. There's entire hospitals called Good Samaritan Hospitals. But maybe there's something more to the story than some person just doing a bunch of really nice things. Um, like we did last week, it's important that you understand when you read a part of Scripture that you just don't isolate the thing you like the most, Right? Like, Jesus is going somewhere, he's doing something, he's with people, uh, and it's important to have, like, some sort of idea of what's happening around the Christ, and why is Christ doing the things that they are doing. 
And we're starting in Luke chapter 9. We're going to eventually end up in Luke 10, but Luke 9. And in Luke 9, it's the uh, transfiguration. There's all these um, beautiful stuff, but where we're going to start um, is, uh, oh, Jesus. Right, I forgot. I'm like, what are we talking about? Yeah, Jesus. So in end of Luke 9, verse 52, it says that Jesus um, turned and faced Jerusalem. Christ is far away from Jerusalem, but he used the word turn and face, which you're like, wow, that's really important. And why it's important is because the word, the Greek word there, is the same word that Luke uses later on for when Jesus ascends into heaven. He uses it five, five or six times, and uh, a couple of them he's using it as a way of Jesus ascending, of coming into something, like moving towards something. In Matthew and Mark, it, they talk about it, Jesus goes on his way to Jerusalem just as some like geographical destination. Luke is this deep, mystic, uh, wonderful person that is trying to get the readers, us, to begin to pay attention of Jesus not just like walking into something, he's becoming something, right? There is this transformation. And the reason that's important, because everything else that Jesus does and says from this point out is in light of whatever is going to come. If you've not finished the book, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Um, that Jesus gets killed, all right, on the cross. He gets executed by the empire, by the state, and then he resurrects, and then he ascends into heaven a little bit. Did Janine, did I ruin it for you? I'm sorry. <laughs> like, ah, it's just on chapter 10. So uh, in light of the cross is what Luke is going to invite the reader to participate in. And what happens is uh, Jesus is uh, just had transfiguration where uh, Moses and um, another prophet, I should know, went to Bible college, and uh, they reveal to him, and they have this amazing experience. Now they're moving towards Jerusalem for the last time. And Jesus sends some of his disciples ahead, and he goes, hey, find me a place to sleep, right? And so, like, good people, they run ahead, and they're in this place called Samaria. And Samaria, there is Samaritans. You got it, Heather. So uh, um, they run up there like, hey, you know, this Jesus guy, he's coming to town. We know you guys are a big fan, right? So uh, can he stay here? And the Samaritans, not, not all Samaritans, but this part where he's at, I don't want to lump all of them in, but this part that they want to stay at, they're like, ah, yeah, you know, big fan of Jesus, but um, no, he can't. We're, we're not going to let him stay here. So they come back, right, and they're like, Jesus, I got good news and bad news, and they're both the same. They said, no, you can't stay here. And why? Why does this happen? Oh, actually, before we get to that, the, what James and John do, no, is it James and John? Well, what two of his disciples do they hear this news, and they're like, Jesus, I got a great idea. Why don't we call down fire from heaven and burn this entire place up? Not like a real Christ-like thing. And Jesus says, you're nuts. <laughs> he says, that's not how we do things. So what, what is happening here, right? Um, why would they not welcome Jesus? Well, they probably assume that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and there's going to be, there's all this tension. They know that something's going to go down. And they see Jesus no longer as this opportunity. They don't see this Jesus as this, like, this welcomed guest, as this gift. Instead, they see him as a threat. And what's the threat? Do you remember being in junior high? Right? Obviously is where I was going. In junior high, I have a junior high. I have, I've had a junior higher, and I currently have a junior higher. Junior hires, like, just try all these different hats on. Right? They're trying to fit in, of figure out who they are and where they belong. Am I a part of, like, like, for me, I remember being junior high, and I was, like, a huge um, math nerd. I loved art and the arts, and I loved sports. And then I got into skateboarding because my brother was in skateboarding, and I couldn't let my brother, my little brother, be better than me at anything. If Daniel, if you're watching, it's still true. So um, I was in all these different circles. I was a part of, like, 
uh, like pretending I was an anarchist. I didn't even know what that was, but we liked saying that word, right? And we talked about like MXPX, and I never listened to them before. And I would sing songs like, um, uh, uh, who, who sings the song, um, I want to be stating, na 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 um, Anyways, punk bands. We, we, like, I, I would like say, like, oh, I'm part of this group. And really, all I was doing is just trying to find where I fit. And once you know where you fit, you know where you don't fit. And the people you don't fit, you continually remind that they don't fit. Right? Like you try to figure out what table to sit at in the cafeteria, and then everyone else at the other table, you're talking about, hey, look at those guys, those people who like arts. <laughs> they're not going anywhere. Right? And then I'd switch over to another table and say, look at those jocks. They don't know what they're doing. This is what's happening in Samaria, where Jesus wants to go. They're punching down on Jesus. You don't help us anymore. You're not part of the cool kids anymore. In fact, you, help our, you don't help our social status. You're actually causing harm because we want to be part of the empire elite. We want to be part of the hip within a while. We want to be part of this upper echelon, and we see the way that we've ranked what it means to be good or successful or holy. Jesus, you're like down here. And then what, is, what do those two disciples do? They feel a threat, and so what do you do with the threat? You muscle up. I'm going to bring fire down from heaven, right? Like that is an option. And so they respond with that violence with violence. It is a salvation or a gospel of strong. It is a gospel or salvation of winning, of being right, of having truth. And your truth, you must hold on to it, you must defend it, you must fight for it. And even if it's at the expense of someone else. And Jesus is saying, this is not how we do things. There's a guy named, um, uh, I have to remember this, I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget. It is Robert Capone. Capone? Capone. I don't know how to say it because I've only read his book and we've not hung out. So, Robert, I apologize if you happen to be watching this too. And this is what he wrote uh, in response of when they said, should we burn down the town? Jesus came to save a lost and losing world by his own lostness and defeat. But in this wide world of losers... Everyone except Jesus remains firmly, if hopelessly, committed to salvation by winning. It hardly matters to us that the victories we fake for ourselves are two-bit victories, or that the losses and losers we avoid, like the, like the plague, are the only vessels in which saving grace comes. We will do anything rather than face either the bankruptcy of our wealth or the richness of our poverty. And I love that. We'll do everything we can to avoid the bankruptcy of what we find important of what we find beautiful, what we find rich, what we find uh, inclusion. And we'll ignore also, like, the wealth of our lostness, the wealth of our poverty. And this is what Jesus is saying. You want to muscle up? You want to play these games? Like, it's not going to get you anywhere. So, for the sake of time, I'm not going to, there's, uh, Jesus sends out the 70. He talks about some other things about plowing. And um, eventually where he lands is there is this expert of the law, not just the expert of like a lawyer, but like the law of like the over the 600 Levitical laws. And it's very important because those laws shape how you show up in the world, how you show up in your community of friends, of how you find if you are included or not, holy or not, right? So you want to be friends with that person. And he shows up to Jesus and he goes, Jesus, big fan, um, how do I get this eternal life? Which is an incredibly normal human question essentially saying how do i have eternal life is like do i matter like does 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 my body does what i do what i dream about the things i am passionate about like does it have anything to do with what i feel like might be something bigger going on that is a beautiful question to ask 
That's what he's saying. How do I, how do I continue to matter? How do I continue to have some sort of uh, inclusion in this kingdom? And Jesus, like any good rabbi, answers by asking another question. He goes, well, you're the expert. What do the scriptures say? And he goes, oh, I forgot, of course. He said, oh, I must love God with everything I have, everything. And then I should love my neighbor as I love myself. And Jesus, you know, puts his hand up. He was like, high five, bro. Broham, high five. We got this. You did it. Way to go. Believe in your dreams. And all of a sudden, people are like, let's go. And they get, they're ripping up pieces of paper to make like a little confetti parade. And the, all of a sudden, the tuba and the trombone's coming out. And they're lubing up and getting tuned in to have this big parade of they finally got it. And all of a sudden, the guy's like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Trumpet, quiet. Um, Jesus, high five. But just to make sure we're on the same page. Who's my neighbor? And essentially saying, I got it right, but I don't know if I got it right, so can you confirm that I'm right? Can you see here? He's trying to go through the same thing of, like, I need to know if I'm right or wrong. And Jesus answers by telling a story. And the story goes like this, the Good Samaritan. Uh, there's this guy, must have some sort of money, some sort of value, and he's walking, and these uh, bullies, these thieves, jump out, and they're like, hey, we're going to take all your stuff, and they beat them, and the word that they use is like um, the Greek word essentially says like almost to your last breath, right? So it's not just like a little tussle, like they um, probably intended on killing them, and they didn't. And then he's naked, they steal everything, um, and then they run off. And then two people, part of the good and, or the, the beautiful society, right? The people who are in, that are part of the empire elite, we'll say that. They walk by and they see, probably even recognize them, right? They might even know, they might know what his grandma, like, what she gave him for his birthday. And they look at him, they're like, ugh, no thanks, right? And they keep going, both of them do. And then all of a sudden there's this Samaritan, call back to what we said earlier, right? I don't think it was just by accident that Jesus is using the story. And where um, uh, Luke informs us of how he tells the story is where the Samaritan star um, starts and where he ends up is a um, huge dissension. In a short amount of time, there's hundreds of feet that the, he's going down. So, Jesus is facing, ascending into the city. He tells a story that this ascension, or whatever this transformation is going into, and this story it goes by going down, which I find fascinating. And as he's walking, he sees this guy on the side of the road. Now, a Samaritan, if you're not uh, aware, in this culture or in that culture and society, they were the losers. All the racial slurs would have been about the Samaritans, right? They'd be like, can anything good come from Samaria? <laughs> right? And so all those bad jokes would be happening at their expense. And so this guy sees the guy inside the road. He goes over there. He touches him, which is a big deal because in those times, those laws, if you touched and you got blood, then you're unclean. It'd be a whole process. So it costs him something there. Then he has to put him on and he gets him back to breathing gets him well, throws him on his donkey, so now he has to walk, costs him something again. And they go all this way, find a place to stay, get some fed, get some drink, uh, brings in a doctor, and then says, um, all the bills that he has, I'll come back and pay. It's this idea of this grace is like infinite. Whatever he needs, um, it's, I, I got it, I covered it, right? And that's the story. And he said, like, that's what you should do. And we hear this and we're like, oh, man, that's great, right? I want to be the good Samaritan. And it kind of seems like, well, we should just go do some really good things. Is that the purpose of the story, right? If you should just do more good things. You should just be a really good person. answer is, yeah, you should be a good person. You should do good things. But I don't think that's what Jesus is getting at. 
In fact, I think the central character, I think they misnamed uh, this, this story. We call it Good Samaritan. All of a sudden, you're already in the frame of the reference of, oh, it must be about this good Samaritan doing good things. The central character of the story is who? I'm asking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was like, uh. It's not the Samaritan. Oh, it's not the Samaritan. The central character of the story, it's not Jesus. It's not a squirrel, all right? It's, it's the de- almost dead guy. Yeah, the, the guy down here, the beat up guy. Instead of like, and this is the guy, Fred Capone Capone, he came up with this joke, and I thought it was funny. He's like, instead of calling it Good Samaritan Hospital, right, you should call it like, hey, we got a bunch of people almost dead in here hospital, right? <laughs> it's funny. See, I told you, Megan, I told you, I buckle up, there's some more. Um, right? it, really, it really should be not about the people who are healthy, not about the doctors who can help, but it should be about the victim. It should be about the person who's in pain. It should be about the person who is weak, the person who has, maybe some people might even say, have lost. And if you think about it in that way, it changes the parable. Now it's not just about doing good things. It's about these two people that were part of this elite class that did not see a human. They didn't see a neighbor. They didn't see an actual person. They saw a threat. They saw a threat to, I already got something good going on. This is okay. I'm calm, I'm cool, I'm collected. This does not help me, right? Similar to this, the people who said, Jesus, you can't stay here. That does not help me, right? Why would this man go help this person? Because the, Sam- the Samaritan is already a loser. The guy in the story is already lost. He's already pushed aside. He's done. He has no upward mobility, and he's aware of that. Actually, comes in the story of descending, coming low. And what he sees is some other loser, some other lost person, someone else who's been pushed aside. And he sees himself in that. And that's why he moves. And what Jesus is inviting us to be and to see and to do is that we 